Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. Today we have a special guest, Devin Slavin. How are you doing, Devin? I'm great. So glad to be here and joining you on this awesome show, Chris. This is awesome. I'm just stoked. Thanks. It's been a, a long time coming. Um, I first came across Devin when he was doing the Online Course Creation Summit, which I ended up buying and am working through the videos. Uh, I couldn't go through it as fast as the summit, which was really cool. Uh, you know, I checked out some of the things, but I was, I was just really busy at the time. I was like, I'm going to get this and then I'm going to go through this slowly uh, as I go through it. And I, I'm finding so many cool nuggets of wisdom in there. And I just want to thank you for putting that on. But tell, tell us a little bit about the Online Course Creation Summit, what it was, what it happened, when it's, what it's evolving into. And, uh, and then we'll get what we're going to get into in this episode is 10 of the major themes or takeaways that you got from the summit. But tell us, give us awesome. the backstory. All right. Well, before I do that, I have to say that um, we, you would have been a speaker on it had we connected earlier. <laughs> and I, I, told, I think I told you that as we connected, I was, it was, we connected right before it went live and everything was all set in place. So have to say that and give a you know mention to you that we'll have to have you on the next one, which I am to get ahead of myself. I, we are planning to do next year. So we'll have to talk about that. But anyway, the, the online course creation summit was essentially um, me gathering up 40 of the top online entrepreneurs and course creation experts from around the world. And they're just sharing all of the things that's working in 2016 for course creation, whether it's designing, building, or marketing, um, launching your online course. And it was a blast. I, I feel like, I mean, I've been studying this for years and consider myself an expert in course creation, but being able to interview so many of the people that I'd been interacting with and following over the years was awesome. I myself learned a ton while I was doing that, connecting up the dots, which is what I plan on sharing with you guys here today and with you, Chris. So really excited to do that. But that was the gist of it. We, um, we did a series of interviews and presentations and um, really the vision was to bring everyone together in one place because I think sometimes, not always, but sometimes what happens in the online world is we all have our own platform and we kind of promote our own stuff. And I think at least with some of the people that I was talking to at the summit, it was like a way that we could all kind of come together and share best practices together and all win from it. So that was the vision of the summit. And it was really awesome. Uh, got a ton of great response so much so that we're planning on doing it next year, like I said. So yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. And I totally resonate with that message of, uh, you know, sometimes it's easy to be isolated. Like I've worked with a lot of experts. I've launched online course platforms myself. And the expert, it can be kind of isolated and just busy doing their craft. The people who provide the software solutions are doing their own thing. And uh, the consultants and, and, and other experts that support the industry of it all are sometimes, you know, kind of in their own silos. So when I saw you pull that off, I was like, that is a great idea. I'm so, I'm so glad somebody took the leadership to do that. So that's, that's awesome. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, like the interesting thing is, you know, I'm, I come from, and I think we've, we've talked about this, but I come from, we, we have similar backgrounds in that we're into, uh, we're, we're into online courses and creating courses and um, supporting people in that. But also we have a, a deep appreciation for nature mm -hmm. and that's where I came into the, 
world of online course creation. And, uh, you know, a lot of this, the spirit of nature and community is to collaborate rather than to compete. So I'm bringing that into my business model and um, I'm actually building my business off of that principle, which is a little bit of an experiment. I know, I know a lot of businesses have been successful based on their collaboration and you know the, the partnerships, but I'm actually launching the course creation network, which is not just featuring my stuff, but featuring everyone's, you know, the top leaders in the field in, um, in course creation and uh, resources around that. And it's going to be, it's kind of an experiment because I'm not saying everyone buy my stuff. I'm going to be saying, Hey, check out what this guy's doing and this person and this woman's doing. And you know, it's, it's about the spirit of what's really working in course creation um, as a whole and not about me. So that's what I'm excited about. That's super cool. And I admire that heavily. And uh, I think I heard an interview with uh, Steve Case, uh, one of the founders of AOL, where he was talking about the third wave of the internet. And there were three Ps. Um, two of them are policy and partnership. I forget what the third one was, but that <laughs> idea of partnership to be successful going forward, there's just so much going on. Everything's so complicated, integrated. It's going to be the partnerships that, you know, pull ahead as opposed to like, I'm a solo operator and I'm going to do all this, you know, by myself in my silo. It's a different world. And I totally resonate with that ecological perspective and, you know, trying to turn competition into collaboration and all that. Absolutely. So let's, let's see where the experiment goes and look forward to, to seeing the journey. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, what was in the spirit of collaboration? What were, yeah. what were some of the, you know, you're in the, this leadership position, you're interviewing all these experts and you're starting to pick up on big takeaways or common themes or trends. And I know you've got some to go over today. Let's jump into it. What's, what's the number one? Yeah. Let me bring up my cheat sheet here. Oh, Kurt, this is great. Of course, somehow I managed to close the window with all of my notes. So just hold on one second. But what's cool about this, and by the way, you know, the only people who have got this content that we're going to share right now are the people that happen to tune in to my final keynote of the um, online course creation summit. So you guys that are tuning into this, you're basically going to get the top themes of the whole summit. So if you can't tune into 40 different interviews, you're going to hit the highlights right now. So let me just um, bear with me for one second. My, uh, my apologies that I somehow closed the window. Um, yeah, no worries. I mean, okay. in, in that whole uh, spirit of the summit and collaboration, I like to think of it in terms of like when you read a book, you're taking that author's sometimes 10, 20, 30 years of experience, condensing that down into like a smaller chunk. And then when you do something like a summit, you're doing that. You're just exponentially doing that. Like you're taking all these different people who have spent decades refining their craft, condensing their information down into the best things. And then you get to, as the organizer and everything, you're then curating and collaborating to bring out the best of the best. It's it's just such a powerful format. Yeah, totally. And it's really interesting, something I didn't expect with it. Um, And I hope this isn't too much information for you guys who are out there to create courses. But the cool thing is that I was interviewing people and they didn't know what the other person was saying by the time that it went live. So I'm sitting here going like, this person's saying this and this person's saying that, 
you know, they don't know what everyone's saying. So it's just like, so these themes that I'm going to share with you there, it was really cool. Cause this is what everyone's saying without knowing whatever, what the others are saying. So anyway, but I know it's 10, 10 things, 10, almost too much to remember. So I hope you guys can remember it. I, I've heard that about four things is the most thing, most that we can remember. Um, but I'm going to just go through them and we can talk, you know, discuss them individually, I think. Um, but I'm thinking uh, as I rolled them out originally for this presentation, you know, I kept people on their seats with what is going to be the next one, but I'm going to touch on every one of them really quick and then we can decide which ones we want to discuss. So in terms of the top 10 themes for the online course creation summit this year, 2016, um, number one theme was actually engagement and engagement in terms of how do we create courses where people um, actually, you know, purchase them, engage with them, get their results, complete them, share them with the world. So, you know, because the background on that is that sometimes a lot of people buy courses and they actually don't even open them, which is crazy, like purchasing a course and then it doesn't even get used. I've never done that personally, but I'm sure I understand people get busy. So, um, so it's, you know, but as a course creator, that ends up being an issue because all of a sudden you're selling a course and nobody's um, getting results from it because they're not actually using it. So anyway, I'm getting into the details, but number one is engagement. Number two, pre-selling your course, actually test it, you know, before actually creating the course, how to actually pilot it, pre-sell it before you um, invest the time and the energy so that you know people are going to buy it before you invest all of the resources. Um, user experience, so the whole experience of creating the course is number three, or uh, of taking the course and how how that flows, and is it is it related to how people um, how people naturally learn? Number four was community, and really how to take your community to the next level, and incre that increases engagement. Um, and I'm going to share number five because all of a sudden I'm saying something's telling me that I shouldn't share them all at once right now to keep you guys on your toes. So number five was having the results-based uh, focus. We're really creating courses that are focused on uh, the outcomes for our students uh, over everything else. Like what is somebody coming to this course to get and how can we, um, how do we design a course to maximize the impact on our participants lives so lies so okay that's the num those are just five i feel like i probably shouldn't have introduced all five like that because how are we going to discuss this chris but i'll uh, just stop there and let you take it from here yeah well i, I would 100 percent resonate with the engagement one that was one of the things we did at lift lms is we wanted to focus on engagement as uh you know a top priority and as a differentiator in the marketplace and I think I heard the statistic in one of your online course creation summit presentations that there was a, I don't know if it was from Udemy or if it was an industry standard that there was a 10% completion rate. And I, we've, we've had content on this podcast, LMS cast about the dirty little secret of membership sites, which is that, uh, you know, sometimes there's all this focus on getting the sale and the conversion and not enough focus on actually delivering and keeping people engaged on the, the, the other side of after they pay. It's kind of like the dirty little secret of the industry. And that's one angle we want to take. But um, what, 
like what are some common like actionable ways that people can increase engagement that you that you saw oh wow okay so there's there's a lot there's a lot there's a long uh checklist actually that i have and maybe we could include the the checklist i wasn't planning on it before we started this interview but i could include my my checklist of engagement tips and by the way it's not like some offering that i give out or anything this is just my personal um you know my personal checklist that when i talk to people like you i'm like oh that's a good tip i just write it down so um maybe i'll we'll be able to include that um but yeah so some of the things okay so and this really gets back to the whole essence of creating a course and and before you even start creating the course but how it relates to engagement is really getting in the world of the person that you're here to serve you know as a course creator um whatever i'm putting out there whatever i'm doing it's not about me it's about the person that i am serving the person that's going to purchase the course the person that's going to get results in their life and so i think the number one thing in terms of engagement is to first of all really get that and get in the world of your participant rather than having it be about yourself which is actually a tricky thing to do i think as humans we're all figuring out how to do that and be evolved and be beyond our own world. But um, in terms of engagement, you know, just getting in the, sh- the foundation is getting in the shoes of the participant and um, designing things for them. Um, for instance, you know, if I'm purchasing something, uh, I, I, I love to, whether the course is complete or not at the time of purchase, which is a whole topic in itself, um, you know, I wanna, if I purchase something, and then I get access to it. I'd love some sort of interaction where I can go in and get started with my course, like a, um, a welcome or introduction module, something that I can uh, immediately take action. So that's, that's one thing that increases engagement. And some people might be saying, well, of course I was going to do that. But, um, you know, the sort of the, to jump ahead with pre-selling, a lot of people are actually having success in creating courses um, by releasing one module at a time um, and creating it along with their first participants. Um, so the point is, is to just to think like your participant, have something there for them so they can get started, get dreaming um, as an introductory module, get setting goals and creating that um, future for themselves, which is why they purchased your course. So that's what I would say is one of the number one things right there just having something there when people start. That's huge. And I mean, at Lift LMS, we say you, we're on a mission to democratize educational education in the digital classroom. Wow. And that's not just a fluff, fluffy thing. It's uh, like the educational system is broken. And I mean, there's, it's not like completely broken, but there's so much room for improvement in the way people yeah. work and the way people get jobs you know, what people do with education, either general or specialized is changing so rapidly and all these niche opportunities are being exposed because of the internet that uh, there's never been a better time to like start tweaking and fixing that problem. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we, traditional schools should not exist or, or whatever, but there's just so much opportunity to blend in some kind of, you know, more engaging global access online stuff. So it's really cool to see what entrepreneurs out there building and who are working on that engagement issue. 
Yeah, totally. I have a feeling you and I could have like a whole episode on that because it's actually something that I'm really passionate about. I'm so grateful for all of my teachers throughout my life, but I really felt like as a kid growing up that there was so much more to learn and learning could be different versus learning about things that I didn't care about and seemed irrelevant to my life as I was developing. So anyway, so yeah. this is the beginning of the series. So we'll 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 do, we'll do okay. some more. But yeah, that's a that's a definitely a big issue, and there's never been a better time to work on that. Well, tell yeah. me more about pre-selling. What we're big believers in that. We're big believers in you know validating your idea, validating your market, getting your language right. Like you mentioned, yeah. like focusing on a result is another one. Um, where like maybe you don't want to teach somebody web development. Maybe you want to teach them how to get their first to make 60 grand a year as a web developer, as a solo freelancer. Uh, nice. That's a more specific than how to be a web developer or PHP mm-hmm. or WordPress, whatever. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but to, in order to, sometimes we become better communicators by pre-selling and then co-creating with that first pilot group or whatever. But give us some more pre-selling wisdom. Like what, what are people doing? What's working? Yeah, so this pre-selling topic is actually a really kind of an intense one and it's a deep one because um you know on the posit on like the positive side of it is that you know we're actually um testing out we're coming up with all our ideas and before we actually create it we're testing it we're seeing what people what our target audience really wants what's the language they're speaking like you mentioned um what you know are they are they um what are the key topics that they want to learn? What are their main stresses and struggles and what are their goals? All these things are doing that research and we're piloting things or it essentially means in my, in my, the way that I look at it, pre-selling is look, I'm going to do all the work that I need to do uh, to put this course out there, but I'm not going to create it first because I want to see to I want to make sure that I'm on target and that there's people willing to buy it. So it's really smart as an entrepreneur in the sense of a, you know, like a minimum viable product, like let's develop the essentials to get it going. And then once we know there's a demand, let's invest all all of our resources into it. So on a theoretical level, it actually makes sense for everyone. It's a win for everyone. Um, The negative side of it is that, you know, as a course creator, it'll be just, be totally transparent as a course creator. It can be difficult to, um, to do all of your marketing and putting everything out there, um, without the course being there because you have to wear two hats. You have to wear the marketer's hat at the same time as you're wearing the, uh, content, the course creator content developer hat, which is way easier for me to do one at a time. Like I love both of those things, but I start to feel a little bit spread thin when I'm going out there to work on ways to promote my courses um, versus when I'm getting into the nitty gritty of just developing the content for my students. So I think that's the challenge with it is to actually be able to know what you're going to put together, have clarity around what you're pre-selling, but then actually sell it ahead of time and then deliver on your promises week by week or month by month, whatever you promise. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit, that's just a little snapshot of the pre-selling, um, pros and cons for me. I know you asked about how to do it, so I could probably talk about some of those ways too, but I'll pause just in case you have any comments or thoughts on that as well. 
Yeah, I, I just totally agree with that. You got to wear multiple hats. And and uh, there's a concept called resource ba- boxing, which is harder, oh, cool. uh, easier said than done. But like, if you're going to be a marketer on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and a teacher on t- content creator Tuesday, Thursday, or chunk up your days, it is very different mindset to be in the selling marketing mode and be in the teacher mode. So I, I think it's important to acknowledge that and help people um, realize that it's okay when you start feeling flustered switching between those hats because it's not necessarily a natural transition. So it's, it's something you have to really focus on. And then I just wanted to add yeah. uh, the pre-selling concept. The first step in that, the action item is to write the sales page or write that course description. Cause a lot of experts have the curse of knowledge. They're so deep in their material and their wisdom that just the act of like writing it out, putting the bullet points about the benefits and the features and, you know, just describing exactly what you get is so powerful that it makes all the work of creating all that stuff later much easier. Cause you've already laid out the train tracks or at least you're like, like you said, your MVP, your minimum viable product of what you think it's going to be. Maybe it's going to evolve as you go, but at least you have a starting point and trajectory. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I, I love that you pointed that out because I used to teach my course creators bootcamp that it was, um, you know, the kind of brainstorming session, really getting clear about what you are ready to, you know, what you're wanting to teach and then go. The next step was actually the sales page. And that was because that's how I, that's how I create things. It's like when I actually have to clarify what I'm putting out there to the world, which is essentially what a sales page is, you know, the, 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 um, you know, get in the world of the participant and where they're at. And then to actually create a compelling story about the problems they face and and then to deliver a solution and why the course is a solution and what it includes all these things. Um, you know, when I would come to creating a sales page, it would reinform what I needed to include in my course. So I actually started that beforehand, but uh, as it goes, the funny thing is, is I found that it's actually really hard to teach that process. So I, I do put curriculum design and planning out the curriculum before the sales page process, but I do point out that they, they influence each other. So it's kind of like if I could teach two things at the same time, I would do both of them at the same exact time, knowing they inform each other. But at this point I do go to uh, curriculum design and then turning that into a, uh, into the sales page. And one, one other thing, and I know this is a little bit of like a side note, but the other reason that I do that is I found it's easier to put down a concept in like the main uh, you know, the, the result or the outcome and then to, uh, make it something that's exciting and enticing afterwards. Like there's part of my brain that's like, teach them how to create a course. And then, and then this other part that comes in as a secondary layer of making it like really sexy and fun or engaging or, you know, getting into the emotion of it. I find that easier to do secondary. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. A bit of my process there. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to add it to that. Something very similar, a framework that we teach where um, you have the expert or the body of knowledge, then you have the, uh, the marketing or the business side of it all. And then you have instructional design, like you're talking about curriculum design. So there's like these three hats and it's, you're probably good at one or two of those and, and weaken one. And I think that's a good opportunity to build a team or just to slow down and develop and just give yourself permission to start 
becoming a marketer or start becoming a better curriculum designer. Uh, nice. So, but anyways, well, yeah, let's I like identifying all three of those. It's very key to the whole process. You have to do all of them as a course creator, unless you're hiring, like you said, have a team that's doing it for you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not the expert, let's say you're just an awesome marketer and sales professional, you can become a publisher of courses. You can go find experts and, you know, let them do what they do. <laughs> so uh, there's so many different ways to approach it, but it's important to see all the roles. Well, totally. let's, you want to go shift to the other five or? Yeah, yeah, let's see. I think that would only be fair just in case. You <laughs> okay. okay, so, so uh, we mentioned the first five here. And then the last five, and this is not necessarily in a particular order. I, I attempted to put that in an order, but um, it's it's not it's not like this was the number one and number two exactly. But okay, so another key topic, number six, is authenticity. And that's my language, really, but it's about that um, marketing and engagement these days is about being real. And if we try to be perfect and all that stuff, people feel feel it when we're when we're not being totally authentic so authenticity and being ourselves and uh, shining in our actual gifts and even being transparent about what's working and what's not working goes a long way so that's number six um, number seven was automation and probably more importantly segmentation so it's like that the the piece of actually um, tracking user participation and um, what's working, what's not working for them. And actually, you know, if it's before they've purchased the course, finding out what people are really interested in and then targeting them with only specific things. If it's after they've purchased the course and they're engaging, um, using uh, the technology we have to really target them and what's next in their journey. Um, number eight is... Oh, this is funny because it's the first time I've looked at it since the keynote, but tech platforms. So let me actually look at my notes. Um, so, okay. You know, finding, okay. So choosing a tech platform, there's op many options, but finding the one that actually plays best with the things that you already have going on in your business and that the, that matches the way you think and matches um, the things that you want to do in your course and probably most importantly matches the things that are the needs of your participants and help them get the results because it all comes back to that. Um, so we have two more. Number nine, um, live engagement. So all these live streaming platforms, um, webinar platforms, but actually finding ways to engage live with um, your potential participants before they um, join the course or even with your current participants after they have been engaging in your course. But whether you have a pre-recorded course or not, um, finding live ways to interact at least at some level. And the last theme of um, the top 10 for the Online Course Creation Summit was certification. So having a way to certify people in what you're doing so that they can go out and either teach what you're teaching them or just have a badge or some kind of certification to say, look, I completed this, I have an education in this, and um, I'm ready to serve you with this certification. Whew, there awesome. we go, top 10. <laughs> all <laughs> right, nice job. We could, we could definitely go for hours on all that. I, yeah. I, wanna, I wanna pick out a few things. Um, yeah. Just in my experience for all you online course creators out there, some of the platforms, one of the things that I see that separates 
you know, good ones from really exceptional ones is when you do have that certification element, like you're, and it's like a desirable certificate, or maybe it's not even that desirable, but it's mandatory. Like somebody has to get continuing education requirements fulfilled for their profession or whatever. If from a business perspective, I see some of those and there's just a lot of opportunity in that industry going, you know, really well. And I think people are just expanding um, in terms of like being more open to having online versions of different types of certification. So that's a, that's a big one. Um, and what yeah. else are you seeing around certification? Yeah, well, okay. So this is interesting. And I know, I, I, I know that Lifter LMS has a sort of certificate piece in it, which I love. That's so cool. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I learned this from the guys at digital marketer that the, um, one of the things that, and this, I don't want to scare people away from creating courses because, you know, it's such an incredible opportunity that we have right now as, as experts or as people with something to share with the world. But, you know, the, the only thing that's really stopping people from taking your course and then taking that content and creating their own course, you know, I think it's a very low percentage of people that will do that. But one of the things that cert certifications do is they stop people from doing that because if you have a cert certification that's really powerful and you have a, a brand that you're developing and it's recognized, you know, the certification from your brand, somebody else can't go out and create a course and then have their certification be better than yours. Or they probably, won't, first of all, won't create a certification. Um, but it's, it's this thing that distinguishes everyone in terms of, you know, digital marketer, people can take their courses and then go create a course based on what they learned, but they'll never have digital marketers certification program, you know, to be certified in whatever that subject is by digital marketer. So it's a way to, um, you know, stay ahead of the curve and have, um, and really have your content be recognized, um, and associated with your brand and as a leader in the industry. So I think that's the main opportunity, but that's more of like the negative side of it. I think the positive side of it is um, when people are certified in your training or your course, then they display that on their website. They are going out there and they're talking about it. Um, they're proud of it. And, and essentially that ends up being a referral back to your training and your course for people who respect them and want to do the same thing that they did. So I think that's the the easy win, the positive aspect of having a certificate included with a course. Uh, that's awesome. Well, let's, let's talk about segmentation a little bit. This is a huge topic. Um, I could just rattle off. Like I've seen certain niches in the online course space that are just have a lot of activity. Um, yeah, you know, there's things like health and fitness. There's so many niches within that, you know, everything from yoga to detox, lifestyle, cooking, all kinds of stuff. Um, there's a lot of business, internet marketing stuff out there. There's real estate is a, is a strong segment in real estate education. Um, there's like people who have SaaS products that use courses for customer onboarding. Um, there's internal people using internal training for courses. That's the kind of segmentation that, that I'm used to just from with a software product. And I need to communicate differently to these different segments. But like how... Tell me more about what you find with segmentation uh, through the summit and through the experts. Those are like yeah, the online yeah. course entrepreneur. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the segmentation, this is an interesting one. And like the, the preface that I'd like to share with it is that if you are somebody who's getting started in course creation, getting started in this process to almost just, just consider the topic of segmentation, but don't, don't feel like it's something that you have to focus on and, you know, get overwhelmed with because it, it, it's sort of, I mean, there are some basic ways that you can apply it. Um, but it can, it's, it's more, I would say it's more of an advanced or intermediate, um, tactic or way of relating to your audience or potential network that you're reaching out to. So that's the number one thing I want to say right there is if you're overwhelmed by what we're talking about, then don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, so segmentation is really about an, in essence, um, I would say tracking the the likes and the interests or actually surveying for the likes of the interests of your audience, whether they're people that haven't purchased your course, but they're on their li your list or in your network or have purchased their course and may want to continue to work with you. And so um, segmentation with, with the features that we have of a lot of um, platforms and email um, automation uh, services, things like that, we can actually track the data around that or track data of even sites we're visiting, things like that with things like uh, Google and Facebook pixels. But anyway, to bring it all back in, what it, segmentation is really about is uh, noticing patterns of what any given user is interested in, what excites them based on their actions, and then giving them uh, content and offers that are related to their mo their biggest interests. So uh, a really simple way of uh, implementing that, and it's going to depend on an email provider's uh, options that they include. It's usually at the higher level platforms that include this, but you know, just tracking what are people clicking on, um, what links are people clicking on, and if they are in a certain category of a link, then tag them. Uh, like for instance, I'm going to be promoting something on email um, list building. And so people that uh, click this link and open this email related to email list building, they will get a tag that says that they're interested in list building. So that's one way to do it. Another way to do it that I think is um, easier for people just getting started is to include a survey um, or a questionnaire on to their email list and for people to select which category best fits them. And based on that, whatever category they choose, then you're sending them offers or resources related to that, to the stage that they're at. But so that's the, it's, it's sort of easier said than done because if you think about it, once you, let's say you have four categories of your email list, then all of a sudden now if I'm sending an email, I either have to make four different versions of that, or I'm only sending emails to that certain category. So Take, take uh, it slowly if you're just starting yeah. out. And yeah. you know, there's tools out there, especially in the email marketing space, like ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, yeah. Infusionsoft, MailChimp. There's different tools yeah. out there to help you segment. Totally. Um, well, I know we're, we're yeah. running short on time and I, I just want to get into a couple more things before we cool. go. Um, yeah. One of the things that's really fascinating to me and I was really excited to see this on your list is live streaming. And there's a couple points on that that I just want to note. One of them is that uh, I'm one of the owners of a company called Codebox where we do client services and build custom learning management systems. A lot of them on top of Lyft LMS and, and, and 
um, extend the functionality and bring in all kinds of stuff. One of the things that we've been getting a lot of interest in lately is custom live streaming solutions. Now, for oh. the beginner, I, I, and we've built, we've been building some of these. Uh, but for the beginner, you know, you want to use something like Facebook Live or YouTube Live. There's some easy to use tools, or even like this tool that we're recording this podcast with, which is called Zoom, is a great way you can do webinars and things like that. Um, but live streaming if, is an important path of the future. And if you look across the industry at platforms like Udemy, uh, where there's like downward pressure on pricing, the passive video course um, concept is, is kind of getting pricing pressure down. It's becoming commoditized. The market's getting saturated. But what's not getting saturated is you. And I want to tie it into your authenticity point and your time. So you can charge a heck of a lot more for a course if you have a live component and you can do it intelligently so it doesn't eat your lunch for time. For example, once a week or once a month, you could have group office hours where you know you're only resource boxing an hour to do a presentation or to have you know you available live. It doesn't necessarily mean you're on call 24 seven. But uh, I'm just really fascinated with the concept of live streaming. I highly recommend it, especially if you're trying to to make your online course into a viable business. It's a great way to increase the price and just add more value to the course. But what else are you seeing related to live streaming? Doug? Yeah, uh, I love what you just shared about that because I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm looking where I think a lot of people, we come into online course creation because it allows us to scale ourselves, right? It's we get an opportunity to, you know, stop trading our one-on-one -on -one time or one to small group time uh, for, you know, getting paid by an hour. It's like people can come learn and get results, but, and they can do it on their own time. And I don't even necessarily have to be there for it. Um, if they're working with me. So that's the cool part about it. But like you said, yes, um, it becomes a commodity. The price is lower for automated aspects. So how can we, um, bring a live component in and still be able to live the lifestyle that we want to live and do the things we want to do. And so like, just like you said, I, I highly recommend, um, uh, thinking through what's really, what's realistic for, for you. I'm saying when I say you is someone as a course creator, um, you know, what, what is the time commitment that you feel like you could offer to your course, um, that would allow you to have the flexibility, but also to contribute. And I think a lot of people, um, when I'm re running a boot camp, I like to, where it's like a start to finish, it starts this date and ends this date. It's an online course, but um, you know, start to finish. I like to do that once a week, a once a week interaction live. Um, but if it's an ongoing evergreen offer where there's no real start to finish for everyone, then I generally like to do it once a month. Um, you could do once every two weeks. I just find that once a week, I start to feel like overwhelmed and I'm, you know, that's 52 weeks is every week I'm on, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so that's my recommendation on, on, in terms of live interaction for people who are taking their courses, um, for, for marketing courses with live platforms, it's, um, something that's a learning process for me, but I can say, and on the user end, and this is more of a question, this is more of a question than a, than an answer to, to marketing your courses with live streams. But my question is, you know, how will you catch and, and truly engage your people 
with your live stream. And I asked that question because this is my experience. I'm not sure what your experience is, Chris, but I see a lot of live streams happening, but I'm like, oh, this is cool. It got my attention, but I don't stick to them because they're usually someone just talking and they're not really giving me a presentation of what I want to hear. So that's like the negative side of it. I totally agree that live streaming is a key component. But my question is like, if, if someone's doing a live stream, how would they actually, you know, connect and keep not only stop the person from scrolling, but actually to engage and stay on the live stream. So that's a really good question. I just want to add, that's why the, the company Blab, the live streaming company, decided to shut down or just transition, pivot their product because they found that people were just kind of hanging out. They weren't really using it to, um, to really broadcast. It was more of a social thing. Oh, interesting. So, but uh, yeah, that's a good thing to go. Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting time, like figuring out how to use live stream intelligently both on the marketing on the front end or on the 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 educational experience on the back end is definitely a big opportunity well well Devin tell us what you're up to like what's what's next for you what projects are you working on and and where can what can we expect from you in the future and um and where can people find out more and connect with you further Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Chris. So um, we have our, our probably the biggest new project that I'm currently working on um, is the Course Creation Network, which is essentially an online hub for anyone who is interested in creating online courses and being interacting in that world. And uh, like I said at the beginning, what stands, what sets it apart from a lot of other projects that I see is that it's not about me promoting my courses solely. It's like, it's what's really working in the online space and featuring the best of the best like yourself, Chris, we'd love to feature you on that. Um, and you know, so that's what we're working on is putting it's the course creation network. And for anyone who wants to is excited about creating their own online course, I also lead the course creators bootcamp, which you can check out at coursecreatorsbootcamp.com. And we walk through the whole process of start to finish creating building and launching your own online course. So those are the two things that I'd love to share with you guys here. That's fantastic. Well, we're honored to have you on the show, Devin, and we'll definitely have to do this again. So thank you for coming by and joining us on this episode of LMS cast. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Chris. I love what you're doing here and look forward to our next interaction next time we get to hang out and talk about these cool things.